Hi, friends, and welcome to the Good Work Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Leonard, and we are here to ask the question, what does good work mean to you? We'll explore the values that drive us, the tensions we wrestle with, and ultimately how we connect the dots between achievement and fulfillment in our lives. Sound heavy? Nah. Let's lighten up and dive in. Welcome, friends. I am so looking forward to my conversation today with Dr. Ramona Lawrence. Uh, Ramona H. Lawrence is the founder and CEO of Dr. Ramona H. Lawrence Coaching. Ramona, your life's work and your mission is to help individuals and organizations incorporate DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion into their business strategies so that they can authentically connect with, recruit, and retain diverse networks of clients, customers, and team members. You are a diversity, equity, and inclusion strategist, speaker, coach. You've been a consultant for a number of large organizations and teams, not to mention the fact that you have a doctorate in public health, (laughs) no big deal, extensive training in community engagement, and you hold the certified diversity executive credential. So As I understand it, your systems are teaching business owners, organizations, how to navigate differences and develop inclusive systems and team culture that really facilitates the growth and retention of a diverse network of people all working together. And you are 100% a change agent. And I love your what you've created with your ROAR framework, um, because you really understand that it's not, especially for organizations, it's not just about recruitment, but retention that matters when you're growing a diverse organization. And your, your ROAR framework teaches organizations how to speak up for diversity and to analyze their R, recruitment, O, onboarding, A, and retention mm-hmm. roar systems through an in- inclusive lens. And you have a background in education. Um, you have a lot of expertise as an educator. And as it comes through on your podcast and all the work that you do, I've seen you speak. I've seen you train. I've listened to your thoughtful conversations and your love for engagement and initiating conversations and helping other people actually facilitate an actionable strategy. Um, your passion for that just comes through and you are so lit up every time you speak on these things. And I know that your intention and your passion is profound because the core of it is an intention to make everyone's lives better. So absolutely, Dr. Ramona Lawrence, <laughs> welcome to the Good Work Podcast. I'm so delighted that you're here. Thank you, Lee. Uh, I'm just absolutely just so excited to be talking to you right now. And just hearing the name of your podcast, The Good Work, it's just such an important thing to just highlight good work that people are doing in so many different areas. So thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I'm so delighted that you're here. Um, And I want to dive right in because the perspective that you bring is so important to so many organizations, individuals, and I certainly listen and learn on behalf of my business, on behalf of my nonprofit, and the ongoing work 
that I am building, wanting to always kind of check and balance myself and make sure that we are doing good work. Obviously, we're here to explore what that means, but also doing no harm along the way. So I'd love to hear just your a little bit about how this work found you or how you found this work. Let's start there. Yeah. So I always tell people, yeah, I start conversations with letting people know what my lens is because um, your lens is how you see the world and it's it's your background. It, it's why you react to things the way that you do. And I'm an African-American woman who was raised in the deep South. I was raised, as I always say, at the corner of, of black and blue. And so my dad was a uh, chief of police in my city. And so I, I got to see, you know, both sides of things. I got to see the uh, consequences of being an African-American woman in the South. But I also had privilege. I could walk in the police department and say, hey, buzz me back. You know, I didn't. And I knew that other people didn't have those same types of privileges. And so when I realized those types of things, I understood that privilege wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was something that we needed to use and recognize and help other people, right? And so I also have, as you said in the intro, a doctorate in public health. So my training is how do I um, address issues of health inequities, health disparities, social justice? So all of that, you know, came together. And then when I started a business, my first business was network marketing. And when I came into network marketing, people said, you know, anybody with skin and hair can make it in this business. But when I looked at the top of the company, people didn't have skin and hair like mine. And so I knew that that was a systems issue, not just that no African-American woman was, was working hard enough. There's something else going on. And so I really set out on a quest to kind of figure things out and to help other people in this industry to be able to look at these issues that are happening that are keeping everybody from reaching their absolute highest potential. And so that became my thing. I'm challenging broken systems that keep people from reaching their highest potential. And so I do that in a way that helps you to have aha moments and not to feel just, you know, bad about things, right? Because we have got to start to think about strategy. How do we mm. call people into conversation and not just call them out? And so all of that and all of that training and all of my life experience just collided and I was like, this is a whole business and I need to go out there and do this. And this is my my purpose and my mission. And so that's how I got here. And I am so grateful that you are here and that you saw that need and stepped forward to address it, because that is a lot to ask for someone of your background to carry on their shoulders. So I want to first say thank you for stepping in. And I do want to talk more about calling in versus calling out. So, and this is something that I imagine can apply whether you're in a business, you're in a personal relationship, you are working with an organization, you're working domestically, internationally. When you bump up against a situation that requires calling in, what do you mean by that? And can you explain 
from your perspective, the difference between calling out and calling in? Yeah. So uh, oftentimes people make mistakes. We we all make mistakes, even though I am a diversity, equity and inclusion. I don't call myself an expert, but people will say I have a little more knowledge than other people. Right. So mm-hmm. even though I do this work, I'm still going to make mistakes because I don't have the perspective of every diversity category. Right. right. And so I, I constantly tell people my lens because I'm like, that's where I've seen the world. And so if your lens is different and I say something that's offensive to you, you don't have to say you're wrong. You shouldn't be saying that about, you know, these people, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pick out terms and mm-hmm. somebody will say something like, the master bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, no, that term is offensive. It's no longer master bedroom. Mm-hmm. It's primary bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're you're wrong. And we're trying to elevate ourselves like we know more than everybody else and that everybody has arrived, mm-hmm. right? And so we call people out that creates a wall and then we don't have conversations. And mm-hmm. so it's maybe I pull that person to the side and say, we stopped kind of using this term master um, because it, it links back to slavery and we don't use it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people now are using the word primary or uh, some other type of word. Sure. And then, you know, I call you into conversation about it. And so th- that's what I'm saying is that sometimes we are we don't assume the best intent in people. And we just automatically say, I'm calling you out for this. You use the wrong term. You did the wrong thing. And it's really important for us to think about how do we facilitate conversations so that we don't block people Mm -hmm. right, from continuing this work. And a lot of times people are now like, okay, I'm not going to say anything because I just don't know what to say. I'm going to get canceled. And so Mm -hmm. we've got to go into this mode of how do I call this person into conversation? Because everybody's doing the work. Mm -hmm. There's no us and you and all that. Everybody has got to do the work. I remember like being in, uh, it wasn't my kitchen, but I'm standing in a kitchen. And I remember having an exact conversation about that particular term okay um with a family member who you know works in interior design so they're actually talking about houses all the time and i don't remember exactly what i said but i recall feeling as the person that wanted to call in also this level of anxiety of am i going to call in right and i'm making air quotes with my hands in a way that that airs on the side of generosity towards my family member and opens us up to a conversation. And I think I said something like, you know, I read something recently that I found really interesting and it just came to mind. Did you, have you heard about the origins mm-hmm. of this word mm-hmm. and where it came from? Hmm. You know, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Yes, that's exactly what I would have said. Right. And so it, it's asking a question. It's helping that person to be curious because they may not have heard that yet. Mm-hmm. And we get so stuck on terms that we don't do the actual work. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when people are saying, oh, don't say social justice, don't say inclusion. Well, we were put on this earth to treat people right to make sure that people felt like they belong. And that's what we say that we do in network marketing, right? Everybody can thrive here. 
But then we hear these words and we forget that we need to do the work. Mm -hmm. The word is not the word, it's the work. And so that's where we've got to focus is what is what is it that we're really supposed to be doing here? Because we're majoring in the minors. Right? Mm-hmm. The word is a minor and not the major things that we need to be doing to make a difference in people's lives, which is why we said we're here. Indeed. Couldn't have said it better. Can we back up for a second to mm-hmm. what you said earlier about how you arrived at doing this work in this particular field? Mm-hmm. And you said that, you know, your worlds collided and you just knew that this was what you were meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. and. I wonder if you can imagine, can you point to a particular moment and can you describe how you felt in that moment when you just knew what the next right thing was for you to do, Mm -hmm. even if you didn't know how you were going to do it yet? Yeah, I think it is the feeling, right, that you feel. And so for me, people always say, think about the time that you have the most joy When you feel like you're just alive and I felt the most alive when I was on a stage talking to hundreds of consultants about diversity, equity and inclusion. Anytime I'm on a stage, I'm like, ah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be teaching and training people. And then when people were like, whoa, that made a difference for me. I can do something now to change it. Then I knew my passions were meeting impact. And that was what I was looking for, right? So it gave me the energy. My And then I, when the passion met the impact and I could see how it was affecting other people, then that is the moment, I think, when I was just on a stage and just to feel that energy and feel the people just really plugging into that. And Mm -hmm. then and there's times where that confidence wanes. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'll be like, should I really be doing this work? Is this the good work? Right. Is this what I should be doing? And somebody every single time will come to me. Same when I got your email. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) oh, goodness, here I am. I'm talking about this all the time. People are tired of hearing about it. And it's like, hey, will you come do this? Or somebody else will say, I listened to this podcast and it made such a difference. It was some, some really great nuggets there. And so I think, you know, you get that that moment. And then for some reason, it keeps getting refreshed. You know, and it's like there's something that says, keep going, keep going. Even it's that what we call like a God wink happens, right? Mm-hmm. That little small little thing. And so that's how I know. So, you know, I know, but then I have to be reminded. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love how you said when your passion and the impact, when your passion met impact, then you felt on purpose yeah. and you had the energy to go figure it out because there's a big difference in kind of knowing up here and I'm Mm -hmm. pointing at my head Mm -hmm. being up here that there's a need and that you maybe have the skills on paper to meet that need. Yeah. But, but you don't have that energy and you don't have that aliveness around it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have the energy to go figure out the how, which inevitably needs figuring out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, what does good work mean to you since we're on the topic? Yeah, I I think it's along those same lines. It's something that allows me to pour out onto other people 
and then allows them to make a difference for somebody else. So I think that when the impact of what you say or what you do carries on for generation to generation or just person to person, that's the good work, right? It's something that is impactful, not only for your immediate surroundings, but helps other people impact other people who impact other people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Activates the network and activates the communities that we absolutely that we get to belong to. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you could walk us through Roar. Could you break down Roar for us, for those that are wondering about this beautiful framework that you have (laughs) developed? Yeah. So yeah, how did I come up with Roar? So I was thinking about that I'm constantly talking to people about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Speak up, speak out for other people. And I realized that a lot of people can't even speak up for themselves. And I'm asking them to speak out for other people. And mm-hmm. so the the word roar came to my mind. Like, I can't even remember all the words of Katy Perry's song, but she's like, I used to hold my breath and you know, wouldn't speak up. But now, you know, and so I read that and I was like, this is what is is just makes so much sense. And so when I started to think about what are the issues that people are having with diversity, equity and inclusion as a system, right, within their systems, I was saying recruitment. Everybody's having issues with recruitment. How do we make sure that we recruit people that we are not having these biases when we're recruiting people that we understand our own lens? Right. So that was um, recruitment. And then I was like, oh, there's issues with onboarding because people recruit for diversity, but they onboard for conformity. Right. Mm-hmm. So we always say, yes, come. We want you to be yourself. We want you to do all of these different things that make our world diverse. And then when we onboard people, we're like, here's the recipe that you need to follow. And it works in this community. And if it doesn't work for you, you just didn't follow the system. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that the system doesn't work in your community. You didn't follow the system. Right. So that's a huge issue. And I work with people to say, okay, well, what is it about the system that we can open up so that it opens up for culture and uniqueness, Mm -hmm. right, of other people? And so I always tell people, you know, when you think about your grandmother or somebody who might have been cooking, they, you know, would put different kinds of spices and different things within the recipe and they taught you how to eat and how to survive, not necessarily how to just follow a recipe. And why? Because when they went to another kitchen, they didn't know if they were going to have the exact same ingredients and they still need to make sure you ate. Mm-hmm. Right. But we develop recipes and we say, when you go to the next kitchen, follow this same recipe, but you're missing ingredients in the next kitchen and it doesn't work. And it's like, you didn't follow the recipe. You did, you weren't successful. And we've said, said so many times, oh, she has so much potential. I just thought she was going to make it to the top. But we never go down and dig deep into our frameworks and our, our recipes to see what is it that was going on. It's not always these other people. What is it that I need to do different as a leader? 
<laughs> to make a framework and not a recipe. Right. So that's onboarding. Then mm-hmm. we go to activities. So how is the the activity different for people on your team? And I always think about these things that, that happen. Let's talk. Let's think prospecting. So let's think about the fact that you're telling an African-American male to go out and walk up to a stranger and say hi or make a conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's think about the historical context of African-American men out. And sometimes they were just watching birds and Mm -hmm. they were harassed. right? Yeah. So we're not thinking about these things from anybody else's lens, but our own. And it's like, why is this activity not working for you? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the A. The A is for activity and accountability. Right. How are we accountable for our, our activity? And then retention. How do we set up a team culture where people do feel like they belong, that we're taking into account different types of holidays and and different types of of cultures and understanding that even if we're in a room, people can be all in the same room and have a different perspective, right? And a different experience. Mm -hmm. People can be on the same Zoom. And have a different experience. Yeah. So how are we creating cultures that are made in a way that really make people feel like they belong? So we just kind of dig down into each of those with a DEI lens. And people are always like, aha, I wasn't even thinking about that. Right. Because we're not. We don't have to. And so this is opening us up to say, how do I make sure that that my lens is a little bit broader and it doesn't mean you're going to know everything, but sometimes we can just ask <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> another person, like, tell yeah. me how this works for you or how that onboarding worked for you. And yeah. then, you know, it, it will make a big difference. And so that's ROAR. So that DEI lens on recruitment, onboarding activity and retention. And we just dig deep into each one of those and figure it out. And it's beautiful. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we could apply Roar certainly to a business. But as I was hearing you talk, I was also thinking about, you know, number one, just what a what a nugget already. Right. We could just go broader and say we bring people into a project. We bring people onto a team and we recruit them and we enroll them and we enroll them in our vision. And we do that for diversity. But then when it comes to the implementation we are giving them tracks to run on that are setting them up to conform, not yeah. to express their culture or to make mm-hmm. room for multiculturalism. And I just think about the fact that in the experience that I've been lucky to have to work internationally, when you are in a different culture and it's so visible that you're in a different culture because you're in a different country. There's a different language and mm-hmm. everything is so visibly different. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, I realized it was a lot easier to kind of activate that, that openness and curiosity to be able to, to say, you know, let me, let me learn more about your culture. Mm-hmm. You know, let me be more inquisitive and less mm-hmm. imperialistic. Exactly. And try to learn about how we can work together. Because, you know, if I come in 
and I'm working in a community that is an entirely different country than mine, culture than mine, language than mine, everything. But I say, we have to work together in a way that I was taught in my lens, which is East Coast, Jewish, USA, Caucasian, female. Yes. This het female. That is not going to fly. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be able to work together. And I, yeah. when I think about so many years that I spent um, in meetings and in conversations that were culturally so different, and it was highly uncomfortable, and it took a lot of patience and curiosity to figure mm-hmm. out ways of working together. Yeah. I think, oh my gosh, maybe you just described, you know, a process that ultimately did work in the end, not not without bumps in the road, but I think we could take Roar and we could apply it to our businesses and we could apply it to anything where we want to work together. Anytime we want to work together, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Goodness. So, so wonderful already. <laughs> We're diving right in, <laughs> diving off the deep end. Are there obstacles that you have faced as you feel like you've been you know, on on your journey of doing the work that you do, are there times that you've hit some potholes in the road? Yeah, I, you so, know what did you do? Well, anytime you're working with companies and you know businesses, a lot of times I've been censored or I've been told, you know, let's change this word or make it. We don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, um, and so and then a lot of times companies are like. We want to do this work, but it's let's do the checkbox thing. And we don't want to really do the work. We want to say that we're doing something, but the actual work of looking at the system and digging deep into that and kind of looking at ourselves and saying, oh, there's something we could have done different. Then that is often met with, oh, we're not comfortable with that. We don't want to offend anybody. And so... I really try to go into a, a team or a company and look at, you know, what are, what really are your goals? Right. Mm-hmm. And let's not focus on, like I was saying before, terminology or just these really simple things. Your, your real goal is to make a difference for people. Mm-hmm. And so as we do that, we don't have to, to call your, you know, vice presidents out and say that they are not doing what they're supposed to do. How do we come together to formulate a plan that really ties into the business goals anyway? And mm-hmm. so, and it's unfortunate, but not everybody can, I, I can go into them with this moral compass and say, you should be doing this. A lot of times it has to be, okay, we need to tie this to your business goals. Here's mm-hmm. what you're you're saying that you need to do. And if you don't retain your people, you're going to miss out on the, the bottom line. right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it starts there and then you move into here's morally why we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to navigate a lot of that. It's the censoring, the, oh, we maybe we shouldn't do this right now. What's the training going to be? I need to see every word on your PowerPoint, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, but I think that that's a normal part of things when people are getting ready to make a change. It's mm-hmm. 
what is this going to entail for me and how do I navigate this? And so I really just helped them to to see it's not going to be that bad. It's tying into what you said you want to do anyway. And as a change agent, sometimes do you feel like you are supporting others through the discomfort of change? Absolutely. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I'm always going to say something that makes a person feel uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Just because it's not because I'm convicting them or that they are. It's an intentional thing is that it's going to make you think, right? And you're going to say, oh, I could have done that differently, or it's going to bring up something in your mind that you could have done differently. And so I'm consistently, you know, making sure that I'm helping people to navigate that as I'm moving through. And I come to this with compassion at all times. So it's like, okay, I felt you feel that, right? I felt you feel what I just said. And so it's okay. Yeah. You know, make a note and then let's move forward. Yeah. Does all of this feel heavy on your shoulders sometimes? It can. Absolutely. It can. And I just kind of have to take a step back from it sometimes because one thing that I've learned to do is go in and, um, you know, try to do my part. Mm -hmm. And as we say in network marketing all the time, you got to disconnect from the outcome, Mm -hmm. right? Because I can't change a person. I can't go in and say, this is what you should be doing. This is what you need to be doing and make them think like me because we're all on a continuum, Mm -hmm. right? And so even when I come into an organization, I give them the intercultural development inventory because I need to see where they are on that continuum. If they're down in denial and they're not at a place where they're even ready to have certain conversation, I'm not going to jump in with them with a talk about racism, right? Sure. That's just, it's not going to work. And it's like what we talk about in my training and the different things that I've done is that you can't feed steak to a baby, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and that means that, with, why? Because they just can't digest it, right? right? And so you really have to say, okay, well, where is this person or where is this organization or where is the world on this issue? Yeah. I have to do my part and I can't take on the weight of changing the entire world. I have to do my part. And when mm-hmm. you think about a puzzle piece, if there's a puzzle piece, a puzzle on the floor and it's a thousand piece puzzle and one little tiny funky shaped piece is missing, it still looks weird. And mm-hmm. I know that my one little tiny funky shape is has got to be there to make yeah. this whole thing work, right? Love and that. so I take that whole weight of the puzzle off of myself and say, okay, what do I need to be doing? I need to be talking to network marketers about diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's my thing. That's what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Or businesses mm-hmm. or whoever. And so uh, what's happening with the world with all of this? Uh, it's a lot. The, a whole business is a lot. Mm-hmm. But when if I can impact somebody, then I know that I've done my part. And so... Yeah, it can be weighty, but I I really have learned to say I've got to do my piece of this and the rest is is to come. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all part of the bigger thousand piece puzzle. Exactly. Whether we realize it or not. So yep. still gonna be there. Yeah. And maybe that funky little shaped piece makes me wanna get up and move and make a funky shape is exactly what's needed mm-hmm. to to complete the puzzle. Yeah. Oh, 
So what do, <laughs> what do you do, Ramona, not Dr. Ramona H. Lawrence, uh-huh. to Ramona to lighten up sometimes? When you need to just lighten up, what do you do? I have a six-year-old little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Enough said, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is just going to say something crazy. He's going to make me laugh. He's going to be like, you know, he is not Dr. Ramona Lawrence's child. He's Ramona's right. son, right? And he is like, you know what, mom? The, uh what what is that uh under uh, under there and and then I'm like underwear and he's like ha, ha, I made you say underwear <laughs> <laughs> you know just <laughs> I mean and so I I can't take myself uh too seriously <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uh, I I will be humbled at yeah. home um but yeah just I love to just exercise you know get my mind off things take a break and. Uh, enjoy family and and just really kind of step back and from the world and and um, enjoy the people that really really matter mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah that sounds like good medicine right yeah. there and I don't know about you but we just had a good laugh and I already feel better yeah yeah right? for sure it's amazing <laughs> how just like a little laugh can open you right up and just yeah. help you feel a little bit more relaxed so that we can actually pick up our funky puzzle piece and try to find yeah. the right place for it again. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <sighs> wow. Oh, man. Is there anything that I didn't ask or that is on your mind that you feel we've got to gotta be on the table? Anything that we haven't brought up yet that you feel is missing? Um, you know, I think you have done an amazing job. We have covered so much in this little bit of time. But I think that oftentimes when we're talking about, you know, business or life, we talk about the same and we're like, we are giving everybody the same, the, if it's in, in network marketing, we say the same products, the same 24 hours, the same compensation plan. The only difference is you, right? Mm-hmm. And we say that in the world, everybody lives in America. They all have the same. And then the only difference is you, you're not. And, and so mm-hmm. one thing that I really want people to understand is that the you absolutely makes the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just because it's you not doing the work, but different people start at different starting lines. And we have got to understand yeah. that in this country. And and we can't be upset that people that started way behind are not winning the race at the same mm-hmm. rate as other people. And so one thing that I think is important is for us to all talk to people who don't look like us, follow creators who aren't like us on Instagram or on Facebook or or wherever Mm -hmm. so that we can really expand our view of the world. And a lot of times people are like, well, I don't want to change my beliefs. I don't want to change the the way that I have grown up or my religion. And I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying be open to understanding that other people's perspectives 
can be right and yours can be right, right? We can have both and. So it doesn't have to be a one or the other all the time. And just opening our perspectives to other people and their thought processes and their their cultures and the way their life works will really help us to be able to help everybody to reach their highest potential. And that is my heart. And that is the good work for me. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I don't know if we'll keep what I have to say right now. We could end right there. But you just got me a little fired up. And if the idea that being exposed to somebody else's beliefs, faith, culture, opinions is going to rock your boat, then your beliefs and your faith and all of that must not be as rock solid as you thought. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that just makes me want to stand on the soapbox a little mm-hmm. bit, but I will get down. <laughs> no, that is right. That is perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ramona, for Thank being you. here, sharing your perspective, sharing your heart, your laughter your wonderful frameworks and ideas that I know will be so beneficial to anyone that gets to talk with you like I've had the pleasure of doing today um, or work with you. And if someone wants to find you and reach out, where should they find you? They can go to my website and they can find out more about me there. It is drramonahlawrence.com and it's D-R and then R-A-Y-M-O-N-A and then H is my middle initial and then L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E.com. So do not forget the Y. It's important in my name (laughs) and the middle initial. So, yeah, that is where they can go. And you can find uh, contact information there and, and anything else that you need to know to get in touch with me. Beautiful. Do not forget the why in Dr. Ramona's <laughs> name. And do not forget your why when yes. you're out there oh, doing good work. I'm going to use that. <laughs> use it. <laughs> See, we just had to laugh. And sometimes oh, that is the way I'm ending everything from now on. Okay, let me say it. Do not forget the why in my name and don't forget your why. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Ramona, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, friends. I'd love for you to join this conversation and hear your perspective too. To connect with us, head over to leahleonard.me and way to go. Good work.